The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Unemploymentradio.com. Now I want to see you get all into it, though. It was what, like my my yeah, high get the ring, pride? like get it, get you know what you need. I'm not even like th- th- that about my college. Like cool. I see other people who are just decked head to toe in like WSU stuff. No, I'm like, I, don't I love get it. it. I want you to find it now, though. At this point in life, all of a sudden, just be that person. You need to get, you know what you need? Knuckle tattoos, Oli Pride. That's what you need to get. Oh my god, I have enough fingers for that. <laughs> did you have to count the fingers? <laughs> yes, to my- I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? See, you've yep. made it this far in life with all of those fingers. You might as well tattoo. I, I might as well at this point. With Oli Pride. You're just getting older. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, and then available via podcast all over the internet wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for finding us. We have a lot to get to today, and we have a very special guest who's going to be joining us. Before, though, we get there, I want to say, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. We're back from our break. From our hiatus. From our hiatus, if you will. It does feel like it's been like a really long time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a few days. Yeah. Yeah, but we're back now. Did you miss me, Greg? Uh, yes, every, yes, every second, second of the day. I, I thought, if only I could be in here in a room with Sarah. Oh, that's so nice. And so now we're back. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, mm-hmm. thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we really do appreciate it. So we, why don't we just go ahead and bring on our special guest? I think you're for the very beginning of the show. Yes. I think we absolutely need She's to. She's also familiar with my Bremerton lifestyle. Yes, and so we yes. need some insight <laughs> into this. So you may have heard her on here Gosh, a long time ago. Long time ago. A long time it's ago. been a long time. Was it like pre like marriage and babies? Yeah. Wow. Pre marriage and babies. Which feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? Actually yesterday I was uh, cleaning my kitchen and uh, I still have your save the date oh. card on my refrain. So I was and like something fell on that like hit my actually, head. I'm like, save the date, Heather and Tyo. I'm like, oh my god. Your picture is still on my fridge, actually. Now that sounds weird when I say it out loud, but I'll explain it here. What are you doing? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and you have heard her brother on here uh, a little more recently. Oh, that guy. But it is, ladies and gentlemen, Heather Mayer. Hello, Heather. Hello. Author, Hello. princess, doctor, everything. All three of those things are true. Author, doctor, princess, Heather Mayer. We're going to explain all of those things here in a few, but I think we need to talk about what we were bringing up here at the beginning of the show. My super successful life being Before impressed. Before we get to that. <laughs> Let me follow the Dr. Princess <laughs> let's author. build it up. Your opening act <laughs> is Sarah Dillon <laughs> to talk about what she did over this oh, last break. I've never been more proud. <laughs> Sarah went back to Bremerton and at Bremerton where you're from, outside of Seattle, across, yes. the, the across the sound. Across the bay, if you will. And um, Sarah hung out with her Bremelos over the weekend. They are my Bremelos. Do, my do si- people from Bremerton actually call themselves Bremelos? No, I do, but my sister was actually getting mad at me over this video. She doesn't like it? She doesn't like it. So um, every time I would post a picture or something or like a quote, I'd be like, hashtag, you know, Bremelos. <laughs> and Heather, would, she's like, I just finally heard that. So she's like, why are you calling us Bremelos? Aren't they really gross? So, <laughs> like, so yes. Bremelos is a term Sir Mix-a-Lot. I don't know if he coined it, but he made it famous from yeah. uh, the Swass CD, which was a great one. And Bremelos was not a kind term for women big, from Bremerton. Uh, whopping. <laughs> big hips, no lips, and a whopping gut. The girls of Bremelo, something like yeah. that. Yeah, something yeah. along those like lines. Really no, flattering. but it's really catchy. And so... so and the phrase Bremelo is just funny. Like, it is. How many places do you get to be from that you actually... There's a term 
of like who you are from where right. you come from. Yeah, yeah, there's no term for people from independence. Yeah, you're I mean, independent. Yeah, no, it's boring. It's we don't get anything cool yeah. like that. You get Bremelos, but apparently there is some Bremelo pride that goes along with this. And that's is, what we're. I, I don't like the word. Like I hate using the word pride now at this point. It sounds. Oh like, so, yeah, okay, yeah. that's true. Isn't I didn't that think about weird? It that way. Yeah, yeah okay. I know because it's like that word is like almost some been like. Bremelo. Dirtied. What would be the replacement word? Spirit. Bremelo's, Bremelo's spirit. Um, enthusiasm. Okay, some Bremelo enthusiasm. Bremelo enthusiasm. There is a lot of Bremerton enthusiasm. So, um, yeah, so I did go out for a couple nights. So uh, I talked about this last year because I realized that it was a year... It was the year anniversary of my born here when that guy came up to us in the... In the uh, uh, in the barn, he's like, "You guys don't even look like you're from here." And I lied and said that I was born in Bremerton, and I don't know why because I just kind of panicked because he was being mean. So we went to that same bar um, where I didn't get into any altercations with anybody or have to prove where I was from. Yeah, but um, I did get to witness a couple slow dancing to Sublime. <laughs> um, it was pretty magical, there, and slow dancing to Summertime, like. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not a slow song. See, when you talk about Bremerton, I feel like it's now just this, like, gem that's stuck in, like, 1996 or 7. Yeah, 97. And it never left It's always been there. The fashion is 97. The music is 97. Like, you could travel through time and it wouldn't make any difference. You would, the prices Bremerton are would always still, be like, 1997 <laughs> a lot of places. Like, it was ridiculous. My sister and I got a, um, each got, like, a whiskey Still, shot. like, a Sam Goody music store and, like... <laughs> Yes. Is there really? <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> oh, wow. In the Kitsap Mall, duh. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's and awesome. And there's also like a standalone music store. It's like the um, I, I-N-E or something. I can't remember what it is. It's okay, like some, yeah, I don't know that yeah, one. Yeah, some big standalone, just full of CDs. Uh-huh. It's always abandoned in the parking lot. <laughs> it's like, so, so anyway, so made it to so made it to the Drift Inn where I did my Born Here thing. Born so, Here. So a couple of did you ever hear that story, Heather? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, you oh. should probably explain that. Okay. Well, when I was there um, last year with Tanea and my sister and a couple other people, um, so we were like kind of nicely dressed because we'd had Thanksgiving dinner and they were going to go to the ferry and this bar is like right next to the ferry. So Michael and his brother were getting ready to go get on the ferry. So we're like, we're going to have a couple drinks before and then my mom was going to come pick us up. And this guy started to like hassle us a little bit and he's just like, oh, you guys don't look like you're from here. Oh, what are you? Oh, you're some like, like saying that we were fancy or something. <laughs> so is I that turned how around. people talk? Bremerton? Yeah, pretty much. You don't look like you're from here then. <laughs> you don't look like you belong here. <laughs> Um, yeah, and Where so y'all city point, folk from? Yeah, he was basically calling us city folk. And so at one point I turned around, I was Which just like, Bremerton? born here! <laughs> and I don't know why I said it. I was just telling you, like, and he's like, oh, okay, sorry. And then, like, the whole night he was afraid of me, I think, because I flirted out. And I was like, born here! We still need to get shirts made of that. People still say born that. Born here. I will walk down the street sometimes, and like someone will just pass me, I'll hear, born here. I'm like, who was that? Anyway, that was horribly embarrassing. So anyway, so that happened last year. So this year, yeah, same place. Couple slow dancing to Sublime. Like My sister and I were just like watching. We're like, this... You can't make this stuff up. No. Have you ever seen anyone slow dance in a bar to Sublime? I mean, not in 20 years. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was also this other song... Um, it was a parody of When a Man Loves a Woman, but uh, then they started slow dancing this other song, and it was called When a Man Loves a Chicken. What? Has anyone heard of this? I it was a parody God. of When a Man Loves a Woman called When a Man Loves a yeah, Chicken. Yeah, and it has like the same music, and it was... I have. It was called When a Man Loves a Chicken. I don't even know. <laughs> this is where they was it saying like seriously too? It's like I, I think when it was, a man I'm loves a chicken. When a man loves a chicken. Yeah, it kept, <laughs> you know, is it is it some kind of like anti-gay marriage? Remember, like Sex with Ducks. 
Like when a man loves a chicken, I cannot, like well, anti-gay marriage things. That was the best song. I don't know. When a man by Bob Rivers. When of a man it's loves by Bob chicken. Rivers. I don't. Who's Bob Rivers? I don't know, but it sounds but like he, it would be by Bob Rivers. He doesn't like sound very progressive. Yes. Let's just say that. <laughs> Bob Rivers, yes. All right, oh I'll God. try to look this up and see what the what the deal is. Yeah. So then they're starting to starting to because my sister and I were like, oh, when a man loves a woman, and then we heard chicken. I'm like, chicken. What? And then it kept going like, oh, if it's deep fried or breaded. I mean, maybe bizarre. it's just somebody yeah. trying to do like a Weird Al parody thing. I think he was he, very unsuccessful. Oh, the Bob Rivers show. Oh, okay. That's why I know. Uh, he was, yeah, radio DJ. Or is. Oh. Is a, re- a retired American rock and roll radio personality in the Pacific Northwest. So we probably should have known him. Uh-huh. Oh, well. Oh. Uh, yes. So oh, I think God. it was a... Well, it was a <laughs> get this. When a man loves a chicken. Oh boy! You guys seen this? Heard this? Yeah, yeah. All right. So slow dancing to um, Sublime and When a Man Loves a Chicken, and then we ended up going down the street to a different place after we finished watching this lovely couple making out and slow dancing the whole time. We're in this other place, and there was this because um, Brownton's starting to become a little hipper, like the downtown area. It's weird because a lot of people can't afford to live in Seattle, so they're moving uh, over to Bremerton to like the Manette area. So okay. it's weird because I'm seeing like normal looking people who kind of look like us, like, walking around Bremerton. I'm not used to it at all. Well, in, like, 1997 is kind of on trend right now, right? Exactly. So this could be Bremerton's moment. Yep. MXPX is going to make a comeback. Oh, oh, God, it is. They still all live there. I, You know, I talked to somebody, this was last week, and randomly it was, like, going home for Thanksgiving, and they talked about Fun Employment Radio, and then it was brought up, like, uh, where where's Sarah from? And I was like, oh, she's from Bremerton. That's where she goes. The first question was... Does she know MXPX? <laughs> that was the first question. I'm like, like yes. the most famous like, export. Uh, know, yeah, right? she does. <laughs> it is, it's weird. You'll just see them. I remember going to a, um, a Super Suckers show, and like Mike Herrera was saying, like, oh, hey, Mike. He's like, hey, Sarah. <laughs> All right. I haven't seen you in 50 years. That was pretty much the extent. But there's a, only a certain range of people who know who MXPX is. Yeah. Like, that's a, it's a limited... It's a 5%, yeah. I would say, of people are going to know. And remember, if you know, you definitely listen to them. I was them. never like a big fan of theirs, but I remember when I was driving from when we lived on Whidbey Island, moving to Bremerton, moved to Bremerton, came on the radio when my sister and I were on the truck. It was so bizarre. <laughs> That's weird. I know. It was really weird. I, I've always remembered that. I'm like, okay, moved to Bremerton. That's that was good. honestly my only knowledge of Bremerton was yeah. from that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that and Swass Bremel. Yeah, Swass yeah. was my knowledge. That's mm-hmm. all I knew. I knew about Bremerton. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so we ended up going to another, like, hip, like, new hip bar, like, an ampersand bar. It's like, it was, like, hog and pig or something. I, I don't know. Some, <laughs> Bremerton's just keeping it classy. Hog and pig. We <laughs> don't like, like the Bremelo It was, like, two animals. So it was, like, chicken and pig or something. I don't know. What is it with chickens in Bremerton? What is... I don't know. Okay. I don't know. They're very exotic in Bremerton. <laughs> and so we went to this, um, yeah, went to this other bar. And there was this group of, like, dudes, very Bremerton-y, like, all black uh, T-shirts. Uh, as I'm wearing a black t-shirt but with like you know like no was it fear horse things. and cow bar yes <laughs> I'm just like horse and cow bar it was horse and cow alright and there were these dudes just sitting there and they were like yeah and they were kind of like bro guys and they were like high-fiving but like lot, one of them had like you know multiple piercings everywhere and like all, and one of them I noticed was wearing an Olympic high school sweatshirt and that's the sport that's where I went to school and I was like, I'm like, oh, okay, Heather. And my sister's like, please don't talk to them. I'm like, I have to talk to them. Oh, they no. They went to our high school. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, hey, so Oli, hi, you guys went to Oli. And they're like, yeah, we love Oli. And they, they were so excited about going to this particular high school. I have no idea why. They started 
like talking to us all about it. And I'm like, oh, how, did you guys just graduate recently? And this guy's like, no, 2004. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Okay. He's like, I have a class ring. And like, I didn't really like, do any sports. I'm like, oh, what what did you get on your ring? Because I remember I was in track. So yeah, I, I had a like, class track ring. on mine. He's like, oh, well, I didn't do sports or go to dances or anything, but I have I got a ring. And he had like this ring and he showed it to me. I, I took a picture of it. I'm like, I need to see this ring. That's but he was so weird. All four of them were so excited about being from Olympic High School. And like, that's what they were celebrating. That's it. Just. I don't think it was celebrated. I think it's just that's what they're living. Yeah, that's like the they life. were just there, but still wearing the class ring. Now that seems that seems a little odd to me. Like I never got the class ring. Um, I did. Did you have a class ring? Heather? No, I didn't. Yeah, I got one. I, it just still sits in my jewelry box. I never really yeah. wore it. Yeah. Which fine. I mean, a lot of people get class rings, but I think it's weird wearing it out. 14 years after you graduate? I think ever, yeah. but particularly yeah. 14 <laughs> years <laughs> later. You passed your 10-year high school reunion, <laughs> and you're still sporting the high school ring. Like it That seems a little bit odd. weird. Yeah, and then I felt really old, because they're like, oh, what year did you graduate? I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> no, because the other one was like 2010 or something. I'm like, 98. And they kind of were like looking at my sister, and I... Like, wow, you're old. I know. That was basically... I think one of them even said that. I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but but just the fact though that they're still so proud that's why I think you should go down this route like you should find it just now just skip going to you know going to college just be proud of my high school yes it's, you know get a letterman's jacket for it get the ring I've never been a big like school spirit person yeah I think you should find it you should find your school like, spirit I see now. a lot of uh, people from like my college and everyone's still wearing like WSU stuff all the time people are really excited about WSU yeah, yeah. and I just I've never really I saw a lot of WSU fans over the weekend yeah. because now that the team was doing good and then they lost, so now probably everybody's oh, going to hide there. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, Huskies beat them. Um, kind of alumni are you, Sarah? I know. I'm terrible, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, my friends with kids all have, like, WSU, like, cougar things mm-hmm. on. I'm like, wow, I don't even have one WSU thing. So now is your time. To yeah. All time. Olympia. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back to my high school at Christmas, go buy some, like, sweatshirts and stuff, and just start wearing those around, because that's not creepy. Give a, a lot of ones for Eloise. <laughs> yes, and- Eloise has to wear all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Only so, for life. <laughs> it was. It was just the strangest because they didn't really look like guy. I don't know what I would think that people who would be right. that enthusiastic about high school would look like, but yeah, they didn't that look like far it. removed from it. It was very yeah, strange. It's a little strange. And then like we ran out of things to talk about because all we had in common was the fact that we went you know to school in the same building. <laughs> <It's> like, <okay. laughs> you know this building? Yeah. <laughs> Remember this street? No, it's not there anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> super compelling. <laughs> That was pretty much it. <laughs> just, just uh, that was fun. All right. Well, we'll fun. have to explore I your enjoy newfound, back. yeah, Olympic spirit mm-hmm. at some point. Olympic spirit. That's Olympic it. spirit. There mm-hmm. it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think that matches up on the numbers. That sounds the... like the Olympics, though. Like oh, going oh dang it! So that one's out too. I don't have enough fingers for that one. Olympic heart, Oli heart. I don't know. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> What is that? Well, we'll have to figure out something. Okay. All right. We'll work on that. Uh, but let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Heather. So. <laughs> let's, <transfer from> <laughs> let's go to Dr. Princess So anyway, Otter. from <laughs> Olympic spirit uh, to. Only for life. Only, only for life. That's on knuckles, right? Oh, only it does. Yep. L-Y-F-E. Okay. Yeah. You got to change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. Only for life. Uh, in so, old English. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. It's got to be in old English. So we're, we're going from that tattoo. This is Sarah's future crowning achievement to, I don't know, some things Heather did, uh, which is <laughs> Dr. Author Princess. So maybe we should explain each one of those titles. Because if, you, if you're ever around us with Heather, we do call her Dr. Author Princess. But then I'm like, Mostly people Dr. probably Princess, have noty, yeah. yeah, people probably don't have any idea why necessarily. So maybe we should walk through each one of them. Of why, why you're each one of those things. All right, first, doctor. Tell us how you're a doctor. I have a PhD. Not a medical doctor. History doctor. Yes, From, she's not uh, going to diagnose Simon Fraser anybody. University, and you've been teaching history at Portland Community College since 2008. Yes. I'm reading the back of her book right now. Isn't it Fraser? Right about the time. Fraser? Is it Fraser? Fla- Simon Fraser. Oh, is this yeah. sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, whatever. Why would it be Fraser? Know. Like, why do you think the TV show is? Yeah, but that has an eye in it. Okay. I could be saying it the American Buster. way and I, I missed know. out on the that's all right. you, real Canadian way. pronunciation. <laughs> You're the doctor, Heather. That is part, yeah, that's true. You're the doctor. <laughs> yeah. You would know better. So you tell them. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about that, too. We're going to get into the book here in a second, but I think we need to clarify the princess side of it as well. Can we talk about the princess side? Sure. All right. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So Heather is married to a Nigerian prince. Like... A real one. Yes. Like an like actual prince. An Not actual, an email. Yeah, no like haha email scam. Like no, seriously. A real person that we all know. Yes. And love. <laughs> yes. He's very cool. Absolutely. So um but yeah, uh Tayo is a Nigerian prince. Amongst yes. other things. I Amongst mean, other things. Yes. I know, yes. but I, we're yes, just explaining. Yes, yeah. we all know there's many oh, more yeah. things. I'm yes. just saying we're explaining the princess side mm-hmm. before we get into that. Yeah. And it's even more relevant since I will be going to Nigeria soon. And that's what I wanted so to talk about, cool. too. Oh, my God. So, so you-, you guys have been married for how long? Uh, Four years? 2014, yes. Yes. Wow, four it's years? been that long. I know, right? Four years. That's weird. Wow. Yeah. So four years, did, two beautiful did we tell children. You that we went back to your um, where you had your marriage thing. That was when we went to the um, Brian Grant Foundation thing. Oh yeah, that was where you had your wedding. Oh nice. Yeah, it was so neat to go back. That was there. a fun place. That was a cool place. All right. Anyway, but yes. Um. So two kids, and this is the first time though you're going to go to Nigeria. Yes. And this is the first time he's been back in a while too. Yeah. Right? First time he's been back in like twenty years. Wow. He must so, be so excited. So excited. That is really, really cool. Like, that's one of those places, just like every place we talk about on here, I'm like, I want to go there. Um, but what do you have to do to get prepared to go to Nigeria? So many shots. Oh, I had three shots in each arm. Wow. All kinds of immunizations. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, but you have to actually, like, apply for your visa in person. We had to fly down to L.A. to apply for a visa and get fingerprinted and all that kind of stuff. That's so wow. weird. You can't do it. in. I mean, no. that's such a huge country, too. Right? Nigeria, that you would have to go and... They don't really make it easy. No. Yeah. So you actually have to individually, like, fly down. You can't do it here? No, we couldn't do it here. We had to fly down to L.A., all four of us, to go get, you know, fingerprinted and, like, biometric stuff and apply for our visa. Wow. Yeah. So you go down there just to do that, just to get the visa, and then then fly there. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does it take to get to Nigeria? Our flights, it's like 24 hours total. Wow. With a nine-month-old and a three-year-old. Oh, <laughs> man. Yes. So we go to Chicago Ooh. and then to London and then to Lagos. Okay. Yeah, that's a long, that's a long time. Yeah, from here to, so what's the longest part? Is that probably London to Lagos? I think, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's a, close to the Chicago to London, I think. Oh, I wow. haven't I haven't dived into the 
yeah, the, the actual yeah. flight yet. Right. It's going to be a long time. It's not going to be fun. I'm just I'm sure of that. <laughs> right. I, mean, I know. We'll try whatever it is. It's, it's the destination, yeah. right? Yes. Well, that must be neat to actually get to see like Nigeria in person. Not many people get to go there. Right. Yeah. I'm so excited just to see, you know, all of the people that I've heard so much about. Uh-huh. And obviously, like, Tayo's father will be there, and I've met him before, and he's so much fun. You remember Oh, Tayo's he's great. Dad. Oh, yeah. Yes. His whole family was so much fun. Like, yeah. if you ever have the opportunity to go to a Nigerian wedding... It is oh. the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, just the ceremony, the clothing, the rituals, the singing, everything is just incredible. Yeah. They do partying really well. They do. The food. Mm-hmm. The oh, food, the, the clothing, food. music, everything. And they're all good looking, too. That part, I was just, I think oh we're all time like, If you ever want to, like, not feel like a blobby white person, like, don't hang around a bunch of beautiful Nigerian people, because yeah. I just felt, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> and another stunning person. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and all so nice. I mean, it was, it was really cool meeting all of them. So you're going to be going back there, and he's got a lot of family still there, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah, so I get to go to... We're going to be in Lagos, which is, like, I don't even think I've ever been to a city that big. Lagos is a huge, yeah. huge city. Really? Yeah. I don't think I even look know up that much about it. Like, 15 yeah. million? Holy crap. Maybe uh, making that up. No, that yeah. sounds about right. I mean, uh, here, I will, I will give you... I'll, I'll get and then it for do you. you. Are you going to stay in Lagos, or are you going to go to other villages? We're going to go... So, we will be in Lagos most of the time, and then we will go to the village where um, his father's family is from. And that is where his uncle is the king in this village. And again, it sounds really, really glamorous, but it's kind of like being the mayor of a very small town. Yeah, And that's, you know, I think, the, explaining, yeah, how yeah. this thing works. So, Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's, that's what it is. So, the mayor of a small town or like a... Like a county kind of thing, or yeah, I mean, I don't even know the population of the the village, but it's it's not huge, yeah, um, you know, so it it's not like there's gonna be this giant palace in attendance, you know, kind of thing. It's not not gonna be quite like that, but I will be officially welcomed into the family in some kind of ceremony oh over there. Oh, God. So that you're going to so show neat. up there, and then there will be a yeah, whole ceremony. Like, do you know what you have to do? I don't. <laughs> Which is also what happened during our, for our Nigerian wedding. I didn't have a lot of detail about what was going to happen ahead of time. So. You really roll with the punches well, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, learning. Kind of, yeah, I know. She really did. Because you know that's the opposite of my actual personality, where I want to know every detail about everything yeah. that's going to happen. So I'm working on rolling with it. Sometimes and, you have to give up control. Yep. Um, the extended population of the metro area for Lagos, 21 million people. Okay. Oh, my yeah. God. That's the, the unofficial metro area population. So there's going to be a lot of time stuck in traffic, Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming, when we're trying to get from place to place. But it's going to be – I'm so excited. So where all are you going? Um, so his family is from Akiti State, which is not that far from Lagos. Mm-hmm. But we're going to fly from Lagos to Ado Akiti, which is, I think, like a 45-minute flight. So I think it's like okay. Portland to Seattle. Okay, gotcha. Kind, okay. Of, yeah. kind of distance. And then the smaller village is like a 45-minute drive from there. Now, is it wow. uh, safe to like travel around and tour in there? Yeah, that it's one of the safer areas. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if you're thinking of like Boko Haram, Nigeria, like that's way in the north. That's not yeah. near mm-hmm. where we're, we're going to be. Yeah. Um, all right, so, cool. And you'll have, like, tour guides and, you know, we're going to have lots family of family everywhere. Lots of family. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Is this going to be your, is this going to be uh, Maya's first flight? No, she's been she flew a couple of times. And then, yeah, she flew to, yeah, yeah to Los But Angeles. she just yeah. started, like, crawling a little bit. It's the worst time to fly with a kid when they're oh. that age because they just want to move all the time. Oh, God. So. Oh, well, I know you can yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the advice I've gotten from people is, you know, it will be over. Even yeah. if it sucks, it will be over in 24 hours. It will be over at some point. Exactly. And you'll get be there. there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how much I hate flying. Like I just, yeah. But I like traveling places, so mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to do it. You got to do it. You yeah. get it over with. Mm-hmm. 
So cool. Well, anyway, so that explains the princess side. Greg has yeah. travel envy right now. All right, yeah, awesome. absolutely. I can't wait to hear all about it. Like, I want to know everything about it. Yeah. Because it just sounds awesome to me to go to something like that. Um, so so that's going on. And then that's not the only thing that's happening. There is the little issue of the author side of things. Now, Heather has written a book called Beyond the Rebel Girl, Women and the Industrial Workers of the World in the Pacific Northwest, 1905 to 1924. So before, she is going to be having a reading, a yeah, I think we'll call it a reading, a, book, a signing. Like, yeah, a book signing, a reading happening this Wednesday, November 28th, 7.30 p.m. at the one and only Powell's Books. Yes. The big one. The yeah. city of books. Yes. Heather Mayer is going to be there. That is mm-hmm. such an honor. It's pretty that cool. That is so cool. Like, I mean, if you look at the roster of, like, like I mean, all the real authors. Are I there. know, right? They're so Like fancy. famous people. Famous people. Yeah. 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 And you're going to be there doing yeah. your reading. And the, so, not nervous at all. No, absolutely not. No, I'm sure there's nothing to be nervous about it in any, any way, shape, or form. Um, well, let's talk about the book. So, again, Beyond the Rebel Girl, and then subtext. And women, then a whole women, long historian <laughs> yeah. title. Women uh, and the Industrial Workers of the World in the Pacific Northwest, 1905 to 1924. So, I don't know where we want to start here, Sarah. Do you want to start from, from yeah, the beginning? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I want to start from the beginning. So, I guess. Specifically, how did you start to become interested in this topic? Because I know that you said that it took over like 10 years to write, but you've been studying it for a lot longer. What made you specifically you know, interested in this? Um, it, you know, it was a long road to kind of get down to, to drilling into that specific aspect of it. But I think a lot of it was kind of the, the stuff that was going on when I was in college, like mm-hmm. which you all will remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anti-war protests against the war in Iraq, you know, the endless struggle for women's rights for, you know, birth control and abortion and those types of things. Um, and it got me really interested in the history of some of those struggles and looking at, you know, people protesting against World War One, people talking about freedom of speech issues, you mm-hmm. know, all of these kinds of things that I kind of traced back, starting from my interest really in my, you know, senior year of, of college or so, and was able to start to kind of get a little more understanding of the stories that were there and the stories that had not yet been told. Yeah. How did you decide to go, like, specifically for the Northwest? Is it because you wanted to see, like, how it was affecting where you're from? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in Portland, you know, so it was much more fascinating. Because you hear, especially in the early 20th century and labor history, you think a lot about, like, New York and Chicago, you know, like, big industrial centers kind of stuff. And things happen differently around here because it all happened in, like, a much shorter time frame. But it still happened. It still happened, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was really interested in, you know, Seattle, Portland, Spokane, Everett, how th- how these things were shaping up in our region. Well, and that's so – I think the most interesting thing about this is the fact that I didn't even realize any of this stuff actually happened in the right? Northwest until I was reading about it. Like, I was talking to you before about, like, the Everett Massacre. Like, I didn't know that there were these huge – I don't know, like conflicts between these big groups of people that erupted in so much violence and everything in the Northwest, mm-hmm. which is bonkers. Yeah. I mean, we think of, you know, like labor violence. It was it was part of the territory during that time period of, you know, attacks on strikers and attacks on, on radicals in a lot of different ways. Um, and it, yeah, it happened here. People were killed for, you know, taking part in these kinds of things. I think that's why that's an important story to tell, because it's really easy to just take like a broader look and be like, oh, yeah, that like you said, like that's a Chicago thing. Mm-hmm. Or no, that happened in you know the Northeast mm-hmm. with coal mines or their riots. And, you know, that didn't happen around here. Nothing like that ever happens here. But no, that happens on a local level too. all of that um, is part of the history of, of so many different places. But these stories aren't told 
a lot because it's not part of a huge population center maybe or I don't know why do you think that they're they're not told yeah well I mean I think you know generally when we think of you know textbook writing mm-hmm. again it's you know it's much more focusing on that back east mm-hmm. kind of history or if you're looking at the west you're looking at it from a different lens from you know conflicts with indigenous people or you know manifest destiny and taking over other people's lands mm-hmm. that's usually like the western history that's kind of section i never even thought you know of or that, the yeah. oregon trail type of thing you know so the the labor struggles kind of section of a u.s history class is usually kind of focused more on back east yeah. and west focuses on different thematic issues that is interesting because it is how you're taught because you don't get to learn that because they pick and choose like right. what you, you learn about. You learn things that work into, you know, specific themes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know that you had to do so much research. Like, how did you even go about, like, compiling all of this research for, you know, this topic that not a lot of people have actually even studied or read about? It was really hard. <laughs> I know I know the answer to this because I remember you having to go to different <laughs> libraries and go through things. Yes. So, I mean... I, so there were these kind of stories that were told, like the Everett Massacre is a fairly well-known story in you know the history of this union. But then I noticed, you know, there's these pictures and there's women there and there's these little tiny mentions. But I was like, why is nobody talking about these women? And what was the Everett Massacre really quick for anyone who um, doesn't know? It, it started out of a, a long strike that led to a free speech fight where there was people basically trying to, to speak in the street and authorities trying to stop them. And it ended up with a ferry load full of wobblies, these radicals, trying to get into Everett, and a shootout occurred, and several people died, and then several of the wobblies were on trial later for some of those deaths. It's a very abbreviated version yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, but it Because they were, like, shot famous. on the ferry, and then they were shooting, they yeah, don't know who shot first. Yeah, and nobody knows who shot first. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean... I'm going to blame the the authorities on that or sure. you know maybe a spy that was on the boat with with the wobblies but nobody nobody knows for sure. Yeah. And what are the wobblies just really Oh, of course. Just I get to explain. It into the lingo. The wobblies yeah. are the industrial <laughs> workers of the world. Um so there are a union which is still alive and present organizing Burgerville workers in the Portland area. That's how you might have heard of them recently. Wow. Um, but they were well known in the early 20th century as being a bit more of an inclusive union. You know, they said, like, we'll organize anyone, you know, regardless of sex, race, or skill. Mm-hmm. And so they were known kind of for being more radical. Um, I was going say back then, that's probably a really radical yeah, idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely most unions were, were segregated by, by sex and by race um, mm. during this period. So it was pretty radical in that way. And they were also just kind of, like, fun and funny when you look at the history of them. They look kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so there's a lot of a kind of a romanticized notion of, of the Wobblies as they were known, um, uh-huh. you know, in the, from the early 20th century of like being, you know, hobos jumping on trains, um, mm. you know, have all these songs that are well known, cartoons, things like that. I so, mean, yeah. they seem, I mean, when I was reading about them, I'm like, I would want to be on there. So yeah. Like marching with them and doing that. It's very, you know, likable when we think of that, that kind of, kind of history. But to get back to your, your actual question. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I try to retrain, reframe my train of thought. Yeah. Um, this story of, you know, this is a male story that we hear, you know, all these men riding on trains. And so I tried to find the women that were involved because I could see in pictures that they were there. Mm-hmm. But it was really hard to research because a lot of times women would just be referred to as like, you know, Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones. And like you can't trace that. Yeah. You know, right. you, yeah. it's really hard. And my first big research trip, I went to Detroit to the archives of this union, you know, and I was like, all is right. when you stayed at that really scary hotel? It was part of the dorms at Wayne State, yes. and there were cockroaches. Yes. I, I remember that. I remember you Shout out Wayne State. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful place, but I, well, it was my but first encounter with problem. cockroaches. Yes. 
Um, so I go there, you know, I'm excited, like my first big research trip. And I spent several days there and came out with like almost nothing. So there are maybe just, two sentences in the book that came from that research trip. So you go there and they have their own archived mm-hmm. system. I'm assuming it's just like filing cabinets of stuff. It's Yeah, it's boxes. boxes. You usually get wow. boxes brought out. And it was all the you know official records of the union and newspapers and all different kinds of things. But they just didn't really, you know, w- women's stories were not there. Interesting. So you would just take all of these old articles and mm-hmm. scour through them to try and find mm-hmm. some of the, like, the female figures in it? Yeah. Yeah. I'd basically, I'd look through the newspapers and look for any mention of women in the Northwest and try to follow things from there. And, some, like, for wow. example, the chapter I have on the Seattle Taylor strike came from one sentence in the newspaper. Some girls on on strike in the Taylor shops in Seattle. <laughs> wow. And you got that in Detroit? No, I yeah. did. I got that one at home. Okay. Awesome. Um, you know, I, so that was like, where do I go from there? Okay, yeah. I got to look at all the Seattle newspapers around that time period, see if I can get more mentions of names. And interestingly, so I started this research, you know, in like 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. So things have become more digitized in that time period. So I started out, you know, only looking at microfilm, but then later yep. you start to get more digitized newspapers. So every once in a while, I just Google search the names of these people. You know, just anything else come up? Yeah. yeah. And I found the name of this woman um, in a finding guide for immigration records in D.C. that they mentioned that they had this case about the woman. You know, so I get the microphone sent over and look at that. And then I'm able to pull out this entire story about how they tried to get this woman deported, saying she was a prostitute, saying she was an anarchist, and able to pull out this entire thing, you know, stemming from that. Wow. original one sentence and you're yeah. just following all those threads that is really cool that must be so hard to like have a book and have an idea and then have all these pieces and then kind of weave them together to make like a whole story right That's, and it, oh wow. yeah it's it's really difficult because a lot of times there are just big blank spots mm. you know i mean my students are always like historians should focus on the facts you know like that's a thing that's just objective and you should do but mm. like when you do historical research there are so many gaps and so a lot of times you just have to guess huh. and you have to try to pull things together. You've got to think like, okay, what connects with this where I might find some more information? And it is. It's just like putting together this puzzle and wow. often with missing pieces and trying to make the best you can of like, what does this picture tell me even with all these big blank spots? Wow. Wow. What's the most interesting thing that you found, at least like to you, that you were so excited when you actually discovered it? My favorite thing um, comes from the chapter about the Portland Packing Company strike. And so I knew about that strike. And, you know, it was of women not far from here, Sun Belmont, who were at a packing, um, a fruit canning plant and went on strike. And the IWW became involved in the strike in 1913. And I was looking at the Portland City records, and I find this letter from a policewoman who was one of the nation's first policewomen. I was going to say that in itself. Yeah, that in itself. And it's a letter um, to, I think it was to the mayor, basically saying, like, these IWW women coming in, you know, who are all being arrested because of the strike activity, are, like, riling up all the women in the jail. They're talking to them about, you know, their rights and all kinds of things. Nice. And it's basically this letter about, like, gosh, they're, you know, being such a nuisance in the jail. Yeah. And then I'm able to, she brings up a specific case of an 18-year-old girl who was accused of prostitution, who she had in the jail. And this other 18-year-old woman associated with the IWW was in jail, too, for strike activity. And they become friends. And she starts to publicize this story of this woman who was accused of prostitution. And... This leads to headlines in the Oregonian basically saying that the IWW is going to come bust this woman out of jail, um, 
you know, and wow. this is again a story that I had no idea about. Just looking for strike activity, and I see this whole connected story of this 18-year-old woman that the IWW was trying to support. So then you take that, so that's a tangent, and then you can mm-hmm. go down that route. And yeah, wow. And then I, you know, and then I'm starting to look at like reform schools for girls during this time period because she was basically um, sentenced to like three years in a reform school, which had just opened, which is. Again, she was sentenced to three years in a reform school for being at 18. Mm-hmm. For allegedly being a prostitute. Yes. Right. Yeah. Wow. For, and th- cause there's so many things wrapped up with, you know, moral judgments uh-huh. and laws in this period where a lot of it was just about, immor- I mean, immorality. How do you define that? That's mm-hmm. not like a legal mm-hmm. term. It's kind of whoever is enforcing the law. Yeah. Whatever they think you're doing is immoral. Yeah, or they it's, deem inappropriate. Or right, it's yeah. some guy who likes her and she doesn't like him. Well, uh, well, she's a prostitute. Yeah. You know, well, part of like it that. was um, she was apparently consorting with men in the Vancouver barracks across the river in Washington, which made it a Man Act case, which some people might be familiar with a Man Act because of the boxer Jack Johnson, uh-huh. um, which you basically couldn't take women across state lines for immoral activity. So that wound up into oh. it, too, because it was a man in, in Vancouver. She had gone to visit him. Wow. Uh, that's so interesting. And then you, I remember hearing your speech to um, your talk. I mean, all these women in history are just fascinating. I'm so glad that you were able to like unearth them. And it was Marie Equi. 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 Mm-hmm. Darn it. Um, can you talk a little bit about her? Is she in your book? Yes. All right. Can you talk yes. a little bit about her? I do have a chapter her? about her. So she is another. I was just fascinated yeah. by her. Oh yeah. My God. She is a super fascinating person. Another notable Portland personality. Um, well known for being a physician in the early 20th century and being pretty openly lesbian mm. um, in the early 20th century. Both rich, you know, pretty rare. Mm-hmm. And she was a big supporter of the IWW and eventually went to jail for speaking out against World War I, speaking at an IWW rally. Um, so I kind of unearthed her story, and she's just this fascinating personality. She's fascinating and crazy and, right? like, and I mean, passionate. You, and yeah, just, you kind of get the yeah. feeling like, I don't know if I'd want to be friends with her, but I definitely a want distance. her to have my back. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> and I think, you know, people really liked her also because she provided valuable information about birth control and she provided abortions like and that's that stuff that was desperately wanted and needed by mm-hmm. working women during this time period and probably especially you know talking about with that morality issue mm-hmm. you know they had to encounter very very hard to get yeah it was illegal to send that kind of information over the mail mm. um, oh wow so where would they even get it well you would pass out uh, there's a story um from a woman kind of recalling in her childhood that it, she would go along with her mother and they had this basket where she was like pretend she was selling eggs or something like that and underneath it would be some pamphlets that you, she would hand out to people. This is like Handmaid's Tale type shit. Right? I mean that's sorry. Handmaid's so, yeah. Tale type <laughs> stuff. I'm sorry I, that's just no, it is. so I mean, shocking. It's so barbaric and so yeah. insane and then like you kind of see the direction that things are right now and it's kind of like scary when you look back at that and it's like that seems eerily similar to something that we might be living in right now. <laughs> right. And, well and it's such a class issue too because you see that middle and upper class women's families are getting smaller mm-hmm. in this period. That's not because of magic. You know like they're getting yeah. access to this information because they have access to physicians who are yeah. giving them this kind of information. Unlike working women who might not you know might not know. I mean literally not know how to prevent pregnancy. Right. Just that lack of education. Right. Complete lack of exposure to anything like that. Yeah. So they actually helped, um, and Marie Equi helped kind of edit this pamphlet that gave specific information about how to prevent pregnancy. Wow. You know, very, like, clinical kind of information on how to do it. I think just to a broader spectrum, that does show how important education is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it, sometimes it's easy to think, like, oh, my God, 
seriously, how are all these people getting knocked up or something like that? You know, if, however you want to phrase it. Mm. But I mean, honestly, education. They may just not know. Right. I mean, you know? little, and especially during this time period, you know, if you're a woman, you don't necessarily have the right to refuse your husband. Yeah. So it's not just like, well, don't have sex then if you don't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they wanted, you know, we're desperate for this kind of information and not, you know, there's no sex ed class. There's no, you know, Internet. You don't necessarily know the inner workings of your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, right. so so having that kind of information was really important. Wow. And she was responsible for at least helping people with that. That's amazing mm-hmm. that underneath the egg thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That That's is absolutely fascinating. So why do you think, um, you know, in general that women were so overlooked? Uh, you know, back, I know that it was like more male dominated mm-hmm. and stuff, but why do you think like there wasn't any interest in them? Like being um, part of this this movement. Yeah, I mean, I think there was. I mean, the the IWW talked a lot about like we need more women in our union. You know, so they were kind of aware of the gender imbalance. But I think as far as just studying the history, it's been so. It's under the radar. It's a lot of supporting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's not. Even though there were women, there was a you know a female organizer. There were women who were arrested, but. When you know when you're doing history, it's easy to focus on the leadership and the board said these things and yeah. these were the main organizers and this is what they did, you know, not looking at like oh their wife was there with them as they were you know helping them out as they were doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's just easy to ignore those stories if yeah. you're not looking for them, and it takes a lot of digging to find them. Well, how did you? All right, so I know that you've been working on this. I mean, you worked on this mm-hmm. book. For, how did you know that it was finally done? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I'm like, like it is mm-hmm. so well thought out. I mean, everyone needs to get a copy of this book. You can get it online. You can get it at Powell's on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You can come and it's see not Heather. that big. And I it's mean, that, it's fairly readable size. And Heather is mm-hmm. one of the smartest people I know, but it's not written in a way that makes you feel stupid. I want to ask you just for the book: Is it like a collection of these stories that you found? Is there an overall it's, narrative, or there is an overall narrative? But I kind of made each chapter um, focuses on a specific event and place. Okay. Um, so after kind of an introduction, then it's you know Portland in 1913, Spokane 1909, Everett 1916. You know th- those kinds of things that tell an overall story because I tie in like when I'm talking about you know that woman and who was accused of prostitution, I talk about how the Wobblies viewed prostitutes. You know, and, gotcha. and bring in those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So there's larger themes um, that come through, but you could kind of read each chapter on its own. I think. Cool. Oh yeah, they're all they're each like a standalone, but also like mm-hmm. go really well together. Yeah, this is I I love reading things that are uh, equally fascinating, and also you get an education about it. Yeah, and sorry, I didn't mean to back to your question too, Sarah. You know, just how did you know? when it was done. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I've you... always wondered with books because it's I wouldn't like... know. Because sometimes, like, when I'm painting, I'm, I keep painting and painting. I'm like, I'm, and I'm finally like, all right, I need to stop. I think I'm done. Like, did you just kind of get to a point? Like, Yeah, I right. mean, I, I got to that point pretty easily as far as, like, big chapter content because, again, mm-hmm. I had to pull so many threads to even get some, like, the Seattle Taylor Strike story almost wasn't there except I was like, this is kind of too short to be a dissertation, <laughs> so I got to figure out something else to talk about. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't have any other big, like, chapter content areas. But as far as, like, the little language and stuff, mm-hmm. I've just had deadlines with my kids. You know, yeah. like, the last draft of the book was last December, and I was due to give birth in February. So mm-hmm. I was like, we're getting this done, and it's going to be done, and... And that's it. And yeah. you just have to say goodbye to it. But there's a lot of things, you know, it's written over, you know, over 10 years. So there's a lot of things that I would change, you know, if I was starting it all over again. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, you know, you just have to. But it also shows your growth, you know, as yeah. a writer and as a researcher. Yeah. And plus, when you started, you, like you said, you didn't have the resources like the Internet. You were like going through 
like things in Detroit, <laughs> like right. you know, yeah. yeah, going through all different kinds of a lot papers. of small towns in Washington. Oh you yeah, know, that I had to visit to visit all these different archives and everything. That is so cool. But now that you've done that, now other people don't have to do this. Right. Like, you, you are the resource for all of these Yeah, things. I mean, and that's what kept me going. I mean, Sarah knows I almost quit my PhD program like a million times, and it took me a long time to get through it. I mean, but, you worked so hard and so long at this, yeah. And, you know, I just felt so much like the story needed to be told. You know, like, I have to get this out there. for. I can't just let this rest with me, you know, knowing mm-hmm. all these things. So that was really the driving factor. That's of, kind like, of a neat burden to have. It like, is. Like, hey, you know what? I've started this, and gosh darn it, I'm going to make sure that everyone else knows Right. Like, too. for each of these women that I study, it's like, it's for you. You mm-hmm. know, it's f- because you deserve to be remembered. You know, like... Wow. It was worth that doing. is so lovely. And it's inspiring for, you know, for well, people of any gender. But I mean, like, especially being a woman and like having role models like this who stood up for, you know, some of the rights that we have today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. And you're one of those women, Heather. <laughs> yeah, so it's Beyond the Rebel Girl, Women and the Industrial Workers of the World in the Pacific Northwest, 1905 to 1924. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I know. I'm just, I'm hugging the book right now. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, Heather, I'm so glad that you could come in and talk to us about it. Yeah. So I know you have a website. Is it heathermayer.com? Yes, it is. Heathermayer.com. You can find out. M-A-Y-E-R. Yes. M-A-Y-E-R. You can find uh, where to get her book. You can find a little bit about Mm -hmm. you. You can see a really pretty picture of her. That's a really good headshot. Thank you. How did you choose the headshot? Um, that was it. Was just we were doing family Christmas pictures. I was like, "Could you just take one of me <laughs> so I can I can have something to to give here?" <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I just read the description of Heather on the back of this? And how would you not want to be friends with her? She's like the coolest. <laughs> Heather Mayer is a historian interested in social justice movements in the United States. Introduced to the history of radicalism through punk music and the anti globalization and anti war activism of the late '90s and early 2000s, she decided to focus her studies on the intersections of gender and labor activism. Is that not the coolest mouthful of a description that you've ever heard? That's pretty damn cool. I know. <laughs> I'm just like talking about going to Olympic high school. <laughs> well, nonetheless, you know, we all rebel in our own ways, sir. Awesome. Well, go and see Heather and um, see me. I'll be there, too. Yeah, so Wednesday night. Hi. And then also on Sunday, I'll be at the Oregon Historical Society. They have a holiday cheer event with a whole bunch of Oregon authors. And I think it's free admission to the um, museum. It's cool. from 12 to 4 on Sunday. Oh, where is that? Uh, downtown. It's, it's okay. right across yeah. the street from uh, the Portland Art Museum. Oh, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's going to be this this Sunday, this Sunday this 12 Sunday. to 4. My mom's right. going to go. So. Oh, I'd love to see your mom. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I don't think we can go anywhere There's nothing else. Here. Yeah, I think, but yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Beyond the Rebel Girl. So, uh, so pick up cool. your copy. And I'm so proud of you. I know how hard you worked on Thank this. Thank you, guys. It's so crazy to... That it's a real book now. Right? We've been I talking about it for a long time. I know, because Heather and I have been friends for, like, I don't know, almost 20 years. And I remember, like, half that time, you've been working on this book. Yes. yes. <laughs> and going on random trips to go find, like, like I heard about this newspaper clipping that might be in this, like, one small library in the middle of Washington. <laughs> and then you found them and yep. made a book out of them. So cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And have so much fun. And, well, I'll see you before that, but... Yeah, Such maybe I can Nigeria. come on maybe uh, post-Nigeria yes, trip. Yes, please. And I want to know everything. Yeah. I want to know everything, too. I'm, mesmer- I'm like fascinated by yeah. this. I'll totally like, do I, that. Am I potted up? Oh, no. Sorry. I, okay. There we go. I'm like, I'm not hearing the music. Am I hearing the music? I'm not hearing the music. The music's always playing. What are you talking about? It's in my mind. Yes. Yes. We'll have such a good time. Thank you. Good luck with the flight. Yes. Just, it'll be over. It'll be over. It will be over. But this Wednesday, Wednesday, 
And get, let's get the details one more time. November 28th at Powell's Books. It's on 10th and West Burnside. Uh, 7.30 p.m. free, but you should buy a copy of the book because Heather... I'll I mean, look at this. sign it for you. And she'll sign it. Will you I write like, personal messages? I've oh, been yes. wanting to order it online, but I'm waiting to no, no, no. buy it. No, no, no. I have a copy of the book, but I'm buying another copy because I yeah. want to have you sign it. What are you going to have her write in yours? I had to actually Google like good pens for signing books because I don't really know anything about that. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is there a specific pen that I should use that's better than <laughs> others? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. That's something I've never I Googled. overthink things. Was there an answer? Yeah. Oh, there are, there is lots of answers. <laughs> There's very detailed. <laughs> so you're long. not the only one that overthinks. No. <laughs> is it like more like a gel ball or like? Well, a- you don't want it to bleed, and it should be acid free to not ruin the paper over time. Oh. Other things. Yeah. Those are things to think about. Yeah, I would not have thought of that. See, that's the doctor side coming Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) (laughs) It's the big brains on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, follow us on all of the social media things. Wherever you follow social medias. On all of the things. Follow Fun Employment And then are you talking to any astronauts tomorrow, or are we going to be at the regular time? Uh, We'll be at a regular time tomorrow. I talked to an astronaut today. I did. I got to interview an astronaut. Did you ask about aliens? No, I didn't get to ask. Well, it was broached a little bit. The funny thing was, it was via Skype, and he was in a car in New York, and the connection was really bad. But we were talking about how great the connection was going to be to the Mars lander, yet we we could hardly talk to each other. And we're both maybe you should on the same continent. Car. I mean, I well, we were just lucky to get him on at all. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, that was something else. <laughs> um, yes, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Good I, job, Greg. I didn't know I didn't know where else to go from there. It's, no, I just want you to wrap it up. You're doing great. Yep. Just gonna keep on. Uh, Beyond the Rebel Girl by Heather Mayer. Pick it up. Going. Yes, get your copy of Beyond the Rebel Girl. Heather, thank you so much for for stopping by. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! All right, we'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Up. Bye. 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 Bye.